Hi, I'm Simon Rushton and this is Taxi Chronicles podcast. On this podcast, we spontaneously interview unsuspecting passengers with their permission, allowing them to share their intimate life stories and concerns. As our slogan states, real riders, real stories. Some riders prefer to be anonymous, while others ask me to tell their story later on. Either way, there are all genuine 5 to 10 minutes stories. So sit back and enjoy this episode. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode, another story, another rider. Today we got a very interesting guy. We're always learning and he's probably the man that you should be going to if you need the extra help. <laughs> he's even offered to help me yeah. so he knows, so you can know what that means. If he's willing to, able to help me, he can help anybody. But anyway, on a serious note, he's a tutor, he's an educated guy. I've picked him up educating these young uh, posh kids down the rich part of town. So he must be doing something right. On another note, he's avid uh Sports fan with his badminton and um, his healthy, healthy living. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. We've got a bit of time. It's um, 6.30 on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday night. Anyway, nice to have you here, Rishi. Thank you very much. This is by far the most interesting Uber ride I've ever had. Okay, that's good. So tell us, how did you get into being a tutor and what motivates you? Right, how did I get into being a tutor? Uh, I guess I've always had a passion for teaching and I used to help out classmates and schoolmates in school uh, back when I was 18, 17, 18. And I, I guess I was a tutor then without even realizing it because I'd always be the, the guy that people go to and I'd help them you know, understand the work that they, they were struggling with. When I was at uni, I thought, you know, let's make some money and do it as a part-time job to fund my degree. And I just fell in love with it. And after I finished uni, I decided to take it on full-time and actually make a business out of it. Um, I did teach in a school for a short period of time, but I didn't feel the same connection. And I thought it was a lot of admin and paperwork rather than pure education teaching. Um, so yeah, since, since I dropped out of, not dropped out of uni, since I finished uni, I've just been uh, tutoring. What um, degree did you do at uni? Uh, I've done a degree in physics and then I did a degree in math as well. So I'm heavily science-based. Okay, so what, what did you want to be? It doesn't sound like you wanted to be a tutor. Um, I didn't know, in all honesty, and I was a little bit of a sheep at the initial stages of my degree. And I just thought I'd do what everyone else wanted to go into and what everyone else talked about which at the time was banking and finance um, okay. but as I grew up and as I started to think about these things myself at the age of 21 22 I thought well I want to do something I really enjoy and I, I did genuinely enjoy the teaching element I just never thought of it as a career so did you ever actually enter into banking no so you just went straight into teaching straight into tutoring yeah and you've been, and you've been teaching for how long tutoring for how long uh, including the part-time work at uni, about 12 years. Okay, so I've set up my own business now and I've been running that for seven years. Okay, that's great. So what makes, a, tell us, what makes a good tutor? A good tutor, uh, someone who can communicate well, 
and someone who has some empathy and understanding of the subject and they're willing to discuss ideas and someone who encourages the students to obviously get the answers but not to, to not be afraid of getting the wrong answer and, and talking about why they get the wrong answer. Yes, uh, a few, a few down the line, and it was it was more of a forced situation where the parents forced the kid to be tutored, but the kid really wasn't interested. And if you know, you, you can take the horse to the river, but you can't force them to drink, kind of situation. And it's just a waste of time and effort. So how do you deal with that then? Um, I just tell the parents the situation. And if they're happy to continue paying for wasting time, then that's up to them. But I genuinely discourage the, the lessons to go any further and maybe tell them that to revisit the idea when the student is either grown up a little bit more, matured, or realizes that they want to learn. It hasn't happened very often though, I, I have to admit. No, but it's good that you can recognize that because um, some people would never like, were speaking earlier about tutors from hell give us, an, give us an example of a tutor from hell a tutor from so uh, my company employs uh, other tutors as well and i've interviewed quite a few people who think that because they know how to for example in math obviously if they know how to get an answer to a question then they're qualified to be a tutor but they can't explain how they got the answer they don't understand the theory behind the topics they don't know the syllabus they literally just present questions and present answers and I mean you could YouTube that kind of stuff if you want you could go online and find the answers to a lot of solutions that's in my opinion not really a tutor um, and if they can't communicate their ideas either I, I don't really consider them to be a, a great teacher what I'm thinking is, as a person who used to own a gym and you're in avid fitness, they say fitness is 80% nutrition and 20% exercise. I've Which heard that, mean? yeah. Okay, so I would have thought, I'm thinking now, like tutoring is somewhat similar, but in the sense of it's like a high percentage of communication and the, and the rest would be um, the actual or yeah, I, 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 I think so. And I think there, there is a, a, a useful link here. Um, my ethos is, it, it's, not a good, it's not a good ethos from a business point of view, but I want to teach the student to not need me. That's my aim. Because if I teach them well enough, they shouldn't need me after a certain point. So I want to te teach them to think for themselves. That's the way I see it. Not getting the best mark in a test or not being able to answer specific questions but being able to look at something and say how can I think through this using logic and facts and come to a conclusion myself that's my aim that is actually the best ethos that's like a dating app yeah uh, the, the app that's designed to be deleted yes meaning you know you find love and go your way yeah you've done the job yeah you've done your job and people would People always talk about something that's really positive and they will remember, I've learned to read or write or understand this subject because of your services in that respect. So yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because it, it isn't a good financial model. 
That it is, though. It, no, it, it's a, it's, think I think it's it very is. successful. It is a good financial model because the more people... You're always going to get people who are dumb or, let's say, challenged. Less able. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that phrasing better. Yeah, yeah. So you're never going to run out of those people. That's true. So That's the main true. thing is to get them through. And if the way you get them through and you have that mindset is, I don't want to teach you, I want you to be able to understand this and be able to do it yourself help yourself I teach you know you come up with a slogan yeah and you've got your brand and everything and bam people think oh I like that yeah no I, I understand it from that point of view and I, I completely agree with you as well um, in terms of a pure sales point of view though I think that when you talk to people in sales and when you talk to people in marketing you want to get high volume is that so, in this country or would you... Because I always look at the Americans as uh, on the cutting edge of sales. Ah, because okay. They're very good at marketing and all that. Yeah, so these, these are just people I've spoken to in this country. Yeah. So what I would say, going on, let's say, in a, if I put American hat on, that's the kind of edgy sales statement that they want, that you would want, to hit, especially as a customer. Yes. Because I think, if you come to me and say, oh, I know you've got four kids, but I need to... Um, you're, you know, you're, they're all going to need tuition. I go, you know, it's like, oh, my wallet is shaking. Yeah. But if you said, well, I teach in the way, you know, I teach in the way, I can't think of a slogan now, but, but you see what I'm getting at, then I'll be like, oh, that sounds, that sounds quite Yeah, great. no, that's interesting that's like to hear. a couple of months, maybe a couple of months, or oh, three months, yeah, then, then we don't need him, yeah, then my wallet's back to normal. <laughs> that's interesting to hear. I, I, I'm fortunate enough to never have had that situation because all my clients are yeah, elite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So money's not the issue. It's more get the job done. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, if you ever come down to the lower end, <laughs> of life. So, well, it's interesting <laughs> you, you mentioned that. Sales. My, um, I've I've started off a, a new website, um, which I'm trying to promote. It's called the the Math Hangout. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is to try and spread the word nationally, if not globally, at some point. But I, I want my math to be out there for anyone to, to be able to pick up, not just mm-hmm. my clientele that I teach on a one-to-one level. Yeah. Um, and that's my project at the moment. Yeah, so you could have, yeah, you could always have stuff out there that works on a, on a level and people can use it, like an introductory free PDF. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. It's a lot of resources and it's got my own twist and my own spin on the resources um, which I've produced and... Branded literature. Exactly, yeah. exactly that. And then, and, then, and then if you really want tuition, then you... you get in you touch. Yeah. Yeah. You do the, do the thing in that respect, in that stuff. So, so you said you spoke about badminton. Yes. How, how, how does that work? How long have you been into it? Uh, yeah, I've been playing badminton for years. It's not a, it's not a very common sport that people no. talk about, but um, my dad played it when he was young and it, I guess he taught me how to play it. I think that's how these things get passed down. Yeah, if you're, if you're playing casually. <laughs> but um, no, I used to play for county uh, and I played it for my university team. Okay. Uh, so I've, I've played at a decent level. Um, I'm, I'm getting a bit older and a bit wider now, so it's... Uh, Do you keep it up? you stay slim. Well, so lockdown has affected badminton when sports centres close and things like that. So go it's been a while, actually, go since... Go to the park and erect a net? No, that's, that's not proper badminton. Well, 
or the wind would take the shutter. Exactly. You can't. I, so when I train, I you know used to do drills and circuits and things like that, and you focus on technique and and stuff like that. It's not just the knockabout in the park. Is it similar training to squash? Uh, I wouldn't know. I, I would assume the fitness element is probably yeah, similar. There's a lot but, of stopping and starting, isn't well, it? Well, so we, when I was playing at the university level, we we would do two weeks, two times a week dedicated just to footwork and movement. So the coach would be like, don't bring your racket to these sessions because you're not going to need it. We're just focusing on, you know, your fitness, your footwork, your speed, your, like you said, change of direction. That's like boxing. Yeah, probably. Boxing, yeah, I used to box. Hours and hours of practicing footwork to get to muscle memory. If you look at Tyson, um, when Tyson goes to play around, or if you see him playing with his kids, he automatically goes into a pose, right? Naturally, and it's a very wide squat, and then he can just he kind of just glides. Yeah, I, ha- I have to, to say point. the the period of time I spent on my footwork was the most improved I ever got in terms of a player because. You can have all the shots, but if you're not in the right place at the right time, or you can't get to the right position fast enough, you can't play these shots. Um, So, yeah. Also, yeah, I see what you're saying. Even martial arts in general, they say if you can't get your football, there's no point for any any blows or any kicks, because you'll always be off balance. Yeah. I think a lot of sports are like that, right? If you're not in the right position and, and you're footwork and speed isn't isn't there mm-hmm. so what other what other activities are you in uh or a fair more yeah go holiday story from hell oh have you got any you seem like a well-educated not man. really i mean when you say hell stag do's and things like that are kind of hell at the time but they're also in the spirit of the moment and they're quite fun okay or funny stories funny stories funny story from you or a life and death situation life and death situation i've got okay um i i'm i quite like hiking and mountain climbing Mm -hmm. so uh i've climbed kilimanjaro uh, about three years ago one of the best best times of my life i loved it and in training and preparation for that we used to just go to random hills and mountains in the UK. Um, so Snowden. I went to Snowden. <laughs> so I went to Snowden. Uh, I've been there in the past, and there's a there's a couple of there's a couple of routes up Snowden. And I was feeling adventurous. We went with a group of ten. I was feeling adventurous, and you know, good weather conditions. The weather conditions were good. Okay. And there's a one path called Kribgok, and it's known to be a very dangerous slash scary path and I didn't know this I just thought yeah why not let's just do it um you can youtube it as well there's people who have youtube their paths up Krigov it's literally a knife edge on either side when you get towards the end and I didn't know this at the beginning so I thought you know this is fine I just rocked up in casual gear I wasn't I wasn't thinking of Snowden as anything complicated or difficult I've done it in the past where you just go up the the miners route which is quite an easy route and you just it's literally a walk up and down and you have a chat along the way but there was a, a moment where it was a knife edge and there was not a clear direction which you need where you needed to go and I ended up going off route a little bit and I found myself hanging off a point where I was holding myself luckily enough I was strong enough to hold myself up but I was hanging from a point where if I didn't have the arm strength Upper body. I would have I would have fallen yeah and that was scary after I finished 
I was thinking back and going, imagine if I lost my grip or imagine if I was not strong enough to hold myself up for a few seconds or a, or a half a minute. Imagine if it was raining. And and that too, and that too. So we went up there, I used to be in the military. And oh, okay. We up there as a training, part of a training exercise. Right. And we had our big Bergens on, you know Bergens? Uh, not big, not familiar with that. Packs, okay. Like a backpack military carry just like a backpack a civilian bag it's camouflage and it's a lot bigger and it can you have a lot of weight right in there so we're all yeah it's not, i can't remember maybe a hundred of us all making our way up to go up this a long trail a long line but the weather was really bad and um the weather was really bad so what happened we um it was just raining and you saw some of the locals coming down but it got rainy the like a mist a mist or fog set in couldn't really see that far in front of you so even though it's a single file there's like people you couldn't see and then some of the locals had turned that and were walking back now there's something we always uh, we was taught in now by the snipers when you, we do the commando training is that you always act like the local so if the locals don't go somewhere you don't go there true if they do this then <laughs> makes sense we listen we're marching up there next thing i know all I saw was Bergen and this one of the soldiers just going whoom straight oh. down the hill he's, because he's he's got the big pack on but he's not that big built so the wind has just took him off the edge right and he's just going down and he's been separated from his Bergen and and then he's and he just banged his head on his rock so we thought oh he's, he's a goner but he kind of kind of sat up oh head bleeding oh. It's like, you alright? So everybody else is trying to hang on for dear life now. Because wow. We all kind of, you know, like a turtle, you all go down. Yeah, yeah, of course. You low, lower <laughs> your centre of gravity. gravity yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. And it was all that kind of thing. But it's like, okay, it's time to go back. Someone go and get him, yeah? And wow, that and, is... And those, those kind of things. But yeah, it was interesting. Happiest day in your life? Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a hard question. Very hard question. Um, I, Are you married? No, I'm not married. Okay, so I'm not don't married. Have I don't have worry, kids. Don't have to worry st- about, stuff like that. Don't yeah. have to worry about pleasing the wife. No, no, of course <laughs> not. Um, I'm going to have to pass on that. That's really hard. You're going to pass? Yeah. That's a, that's a hard question. Okay. What, what's um, the impact you want to have on the world? I, I want people to understand the uses and the fundamentals of math i think it's so useful i think the world is built on mathematics i'm so, i'm so into this and so passionate about this we live in a mathematical world yet the one question i hear it's from a lot of my students is when am i ever going to use this or what is this useful for when i'm trying to teach the math yet we live in a, a math a, a world built around mathematics so yeah that's true that's true i'll, I'll give you a brief story while you're thinking about your happiest moment <laughs> Um, I was working with another guy, his ex-military, and we were working on ships, and he was telling us, he was a sniper, and he was telling us how um, his girlfriend is a teacher, Okay. and she teaches with like troublesome children, and um, what he went in there, a bit like a open day, Father's Day kind of thing, but just to teach the kids, and he brought in a, an, his rifle, a sniper's weapon, obviously he got permission, teachers and he explained to these boys 
who uh, classes what ADHD and all of that. Okay. And he's and he explained to them what a sniper's job is, and then he broke it down about the maths that you need to have because you've got to think about wind velocity, rain, distance, all these things like trigonometry and yep. certain other things. No, like definitely forces exactly and everything. And he said all these kids who are always classes ADDT or whatever it is were totally focused. They were focused, they didn't say anything, they were just listening and all. It's because you make it relevant. Thank you. So he said, he doesn't believe in this HDAD. He just believes that it's like an excuse for teachers to get out clause. Because your job as a teacher is to make it interesting for that student that you can relate to them for where they're coming from. So if they're not interested, they won't pay attention. Do you see what I mean? I agree with that, but here's here's the pitfall with the educational system. If you're teaching a group of 20 to 30 people, you can't keep everyone's focus. And also, you are drowned in um, admin where you have to teach in a certain way and you have to teach the syllabus. You you don't have free reign. This is why I didn't like the school. I didn't have free reign to teach things the way I wanted. I had to teach certain things at a certain time in a certain way. And this is where you lose the passion for the education. This is your sales point. So on that note, where can people find you? Where can people find me? Um, My site is not up and running yet, but it will be very soon and it's gonna be called The Math Hangout. Okay, do you wanna spell that? Yeah, The, T-H-E, Math, M-A-T-H, and then Hangout. So like all one Google, word. No, all one word. No uh, com or .co.uk, that will work. Uh, you'll have all my details there. And hopefully, if things go well, I'll be starting a YouTube channel where I'll be performing yes. math questions, test papers, solutions, all okay. of the above. That's good. That's and good. it's really interesting that you just randomly sprung this podcast on me because I want to do some podcasts uh, about education too. I think it's really relevant at the moment, especially with COVID happening, um, about education outside of school. I can hook you up with a teacher who's been working in Dubai, and she's like a specialist teacher. Okay. I think now she's retired, retired. She's doing her own thing, but she'll probably want to interview you. Love to. Podcast, and then you could work from there. Yeah, and love if to. If you do need any help with your podcast or anything give me a shout and I'm happy to talk you through. Are you just going to be on website? Are you going to be on Instagram, Twitter? Yeah, no. So once my website goes live, I've got a Facebook page. I've got an Instagram page that will go live once the website's live. Um, and uh, And you've saved your name. It's it's all the same. Yeah, it's the math hangout. All all of it's going to be the math hangout. As long as you save the name. Yep. (laughs) Okay, that's all. That's perfect. That's yeah, perfect. Exactly. So, I, I want to just go back to one point uh, before that you were talking about with making the math relative to the sniper and stuff like that. There's a few movies out there which I think are really, really interesting in terms of um, showing the world the uses of math. And I don't know if you've seen The Imitation Game. No. So The Imitation Game is it's, it's quite a new movie. Uh, well, I'd say in the last few years. It's about... Um, a mathematician who helped decode the encryption system in World War II when we were fighting against Nazis. And he used math to build a machine 
binary. Uh, it was yeah, it was called it was called the Enigma machine. Yeah, it's all about the bi- Enigma. Isn't the code, isn't the code binary? Uh, at that time, I don't think it was. But yeah, now we use binary systems in all computers. But what he built, that the machine he built to to fight the Nazi code was classed as the first ever computer. And every computer since then, which we take for granted completely, and we use computers every day, that was that came from him. That came from a, a moment of inspiration, not a moment of inspiration, years of inspiration, but it was built based on mathematics. Just like electricity at some point was a purely mathematical thing, now we take it for granted when we switch on a light, we get electricity, but it's all, it's all math. And uh, I love that. I found that fascinating and interesting. No, it is great. I think I've seen the film, or I think I've seen part of it. If you I haven't, know about watch the it. Enigma. I know about the yeah. Enigma. There's a couple of films regarding Enigma and all those kind of things. Do you, so, last but least. Sure. Most happiest moment. <laughs> okay, so I, I was thinking of a few. I definitely think that getting to the summit of Kilimanjaro was like, it was a very pure and intense moment and I, I, I describe that as pure joy for sure um, the birth of my nephew about a year ago that was a very very proud moment of mine really yeah yeah well he's so he's he's the first of of, of uh, the Your nephews brother, yeah exactly and um, I I was uh, never ever ever thought I'd be able to run a half marathon but a few years ago I ran a half marathon and I finished and that was pretty pretty cool yeah, good feeling and then um, I think passing passing my degrees, getting getting a top class degree at a good institution was another happy moment. Okay. Were you Oxford or Cambridge man? Uh, Imperial College. Ooh, okay. So, so not still, not quite the same yeah, level, there, but okay. I think I, I mean I think it is in terms of science and math, but yeah. it's not as well known as the Oxford and Cambridge. Yeah. Oxford and Cambridge are known for. They're red brick universities. Yeah, they're yeah. there for like the academics, but they're not for specialists. No, yeah, Imperial yeah. College is a specialist university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's considered the MIT of Europe. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Well, thanks a lot. That has been a great interview. Pleasure. And um, we hope we wish you well. We hope you'll be getting lots of customers. Thank you very much. Oh, it's not that you need. <laughs> <laughs> We hoped you liked that episode. Keeping in mind, we never know who we're going to interview. We post twice a day, 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. GMT. Have you ever considered the future economies to invest in? Why not listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories? Considering Africa has the fastest growing economies and population on Earth and has done for many years, It holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. We publish twice a week, Tuesday with a guest investor and Fridays talking about investment, politics and history, providing a clear understanding for any potential investor.